This is the Blood Doctor Show on a Thursday, and we're just gonna go in, man. It's that time. It is time to bring in the one person who fucks up this podcast in only the way that I can fuck up this podcast, and it's still not me. And you know who it is. It's Brandon the Tyrant, and let's just let's just bring this shit on. Let's go. And joining me now is the man with so many names that I can't actually say any of them myself <laughs> because he's legally required. And this is actually uh, an internationally negotiated treaty. He's legally uh, required to introduce himself. <laughs> I got my I got my mic. I got my mic. You ready? You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Michael Buffer style. Let's do this. Finally, the tyrant has come back. To the Blood Doctors show. What's happening, everybody? It's your homie Brandon from Overtime with BNT. Glad to be back after all these months of being away. Calling yourself the tyrant, man. That's that's. <laughs> I mean, that's really that's fair though. I think for both people who listen to this show, they know that you are the tyrant of the show. So that's fair. Listen, I think it's listen, a fair I, I also, it's because, you know, I, I play a lot of Madden and I run like a connected franchise with a couple of my homies. And since I, I'm usually one of the, the better teams in the league, so they're like, bro, you rule over the league with an iron fist, like you're some tyrant. So I'm like, damn, all right, I guess I'm the tyrant. You're, you're that dude who messages people after you make them rage quit and you talk <laughs> shit, aren't you? You're that guy. I know, I know you're that dude. You're like messaging people like, I wouldn't want to play me either, dog. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I am. I am. I, that's okay. I'm the dude messaging people after they beat me, being like, fucking cheater, whatever. Hacks. <laughs> oh, man. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't online game enough anymore to, every time I try to play, it's like an embarrassment. So, I, you know. I played, Amen. I played my my uh, my fiance's nephew recently on a uh, game of Madden. You. Oh, he crushed me! I think I let him play on like pro. I'm like, it's all good. Oh. I'll play all Madden. Oh my god! He played as the Cardinals every single play. Rolls out to mm. Kyler Murray, throws a bomb. Yeah. No, he's hitting me with Christian Kirk. I'm like, you motherfucker! Oh. I don't. Hear you. <laughs> I told I told my sister-in-law, I was like, I'm gonna have to give your son an ass whooping next time. She's like, what? I'm like, on the video game, I swear, on Matt. Like <laughs> started talking shit about it. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh inter interfamily trash talk. So since we last talked, so many things have happened. But number one is that the Cavs went from like a stranglehold on a playoff spot to uh oh my to to a slight to a slight bounce. So you, I, I, I know you're feeling things. I know in your heart, in your heart of hearts, <laughs> you feel the pain. Well, t- just tell me, just let's go through the therapy right now. You just tell me, I'm the therapist. <sighs> How are you feeling about your Cleveland Cavaliers? Listen, man, everything was all good at the beginning of March. We were... I'm pretty sure we were fourth at the time. We were rolling high. Only the top tier teams were able to beat us. And then after, I think it was the Raptors game, Ja, Ja, not Josh Allen, but friggin' Jared Allen. Jared Allen mush up his finger, and then all of a sudden, this things just started going haywire. Mobley missed some games, and it, it pretty much was a Darius Garland reliant team. Uh, I don't know if you were here. I, I, I was I here last time, but I was I was very optimistic about Karis LeVert. Let me tell y'all something about Karis LeVert. And I, I thought, you know, I thought maybe we he had turned over a new leaf. You know, he was with Brooklyn. He he had a good run, got injured, then D'Angelo Russell took over. Next thing, um, KD Kyrie were started playing for them. He was doing his thing, but he like he was getting more of like the the backup minutes. Did his thing, got traded. He was in Indiana, was cooping for a little bit, went quiet. 
couple of days before they trade him to the Cavs, he dropped, what was it, like a 40 bomb? So I'm like, okay. 50. You know, 50. 50. It was a 50 bomb. Pretty so sure. I'm like, all right, bet. You got something. Comes to the Cavs. First four games, he's hooping. I'm like, ah, you know, it was a good trade. It was a steal. I'm a Miss Rubio. You know, he got hurt, but I'm a Miss Rubio. We're, we're good. We're good. We have somebody who can replace Colin Sexton. Turns out that was all a lie. It was all a lie. I was bamboozled, hoodwinked, led astray, run amok, flat out deceived. This guy is a fraud. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was, oh, oh. Colin Sexton, I hereby apologize for letting all these people on Twitter in my phone tell me, ah, oh, Karis LeBert, he's going to replace Colin Sexton. They're going to trade him. We need him. We need him. We need Colin Sexton. I guarantee you, if it was Colin Sexton instead of Karis LeBert in that Hawks game, we win that game. Especially when we're winning already. Come on now. Ah, ah. Where's where's my ah? That, I just threw a piece of paper just for those who ain't watching. That that is easily and obviously the best rant in the history of this show that I have not given, but just might be the best rant in the history of this show. Point blank. That's, that's what we need to hear. I, I guess you are now, you are now, this show is a, is a no Karis Levert zone for you. If I, if I understand correctly, no more Karis Levert. For you because <laughs> he's a, as a Stephen A. Smith once said, he's a bona fide scrub. He can't play. Like, I'm going to have to regain my composure here because I'm I'm dying. I had to mute myself during that rant because I'm over here fucking dying. But listen, man, it's fair. everybody who keeps telling me, oh, Colin Sexton, you're going to trade him all now. Everyone who's told me that they cannot give me a suitable trade. That makes sense. Because if we're trading Colin Sexton, I need equal value. I need yeah. it. I need it. I need it. I need it. We can't just get some boo-boo small forward who's not going to replace the void. Especially since Okoro has given almost nothing. I, I, do, do not worry about the small backcourt, though. Like, Colin with Sexton and Garland, like, you don't worry. I mean, I know they're huge I in the do, front court, But yeah, for that reason specifically, I think they can certain... I don't think it's for a long term. Here's here's how I broke it down to one of my homies. Uh, you can have Sexton and Garland start, and then like halfway through like the the first quarter, you pull Sexton early, let Garland run for a majority of that, and like start of the second, put Garland or Sexton in with whoever the backup PG, let him be the main point or the main score in the second unit. Simple. Uh, there's there's ways to go about it. There's ways to go about it. And like, doesn't that, I think doesn't that worry you long term though? Just like the idea that I have to stagger my. Well, I guess they're not your best two players because of Mobley. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, two of your best three players have to be staggered and can't play together. That doesn't concern you long term. Uh, not really. Not really. Like assuming, my hope is that Okoro steps into a more of a offensive presence. I feel I still feel like he's trying to feel himself out in the league. So like Sexton in third year and Garland third year, hopefully we see some improvements from Okoro. He doesn't have to be a 20 point score, but if he can get to like 15 points or so. Right. And he's a defensive player. That, that's more than enough. Yeah. I mean, that I that's the one thing is, I mean, the Cavs just haven't been able to figure out the wing position, the secondary position. I, you know, some people like yeah. Sexton at first, then they added Garland. However, you feel about that, whatever. But I mean, the team really does not have a small forward. Ideally, in a perfect world for me, we would have drafted Michael Porter instead of Sexton. Oh yeah, but, I mean that would have you know, been the, yeah. the injury. They kind of deterred people from going for Porter. That's why he even dropped. To Denver in the first place. It's fair enough, but if you have Michael Porter, you might not have Evan Mobley right now. And if you had to choose between That's Porter true. and Mobley, I think you choose Mobley. Yeah. Are you still That's on the Are you still on the Mobley Rookie of the Year thing, or did you come off as he kind of faded down the end? I'm still a believer. I I, I do think the last little stretch where he was kind of 
hitting that rookie wall, I, I feel like that might play against him. But I still feel like just as a total package, he still has a very good case for rookie of the year. I see a lot of like the rookie ladders still have him as rookie of the year too. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting one. I still think I might, I might pick Kate. I don't know. I'd have to think about it, but uh, he's very viable. He's very viable. Yeah. But I feel like, I feel like he might get shafted just because the record it's, and he, just how yeah. good that uh, Mobley and Scotty Barnes were on the defensive side too. Yeah. No, no, I think you're right. I mean, I think it's, I, I don't think Cade will win. I think, I think Evan Mobley will win, but if Cade won, it wouldn't be shocking to me. I think Scotty Barnes, I know, you know, a lot of people love him, but I feel like, I feel like it's way more likely that he might come in second than he would come in first. Like, I just don't mm. quite think he's going to win. Um, don't get it twisted. Do not get, when, it, when a lot of people hear me hyping up Mobley over Scotty Barnes, they think I'm, completely anti sky bars believe it or not before he was even drafted one of my friends he showed me hey the raptors should go after this guy and i'm like really why he's like oh he sent me a documentary about uh sky barnes and about his worth work ethic and i'm like hey like this this guy is legit i was when the raptors drafted him and i seen all over raptors twitter oh why didn't we go for jalen Suggs? i'm like hey like y'all, y'all got a good guy. Y'all, relax, relax. It wasn't until they saw the men start playing, everybody switched up. Ah, Scotty Bars, that's our guy. That's our guy. I'm like, peasants, fickle, you fickle baby dinosaurs, fickle. Uh, yeah, everybody era. was hyping up Demar Derozan when he was there. The minute they got Kawhi, Demar, who? Oh, that's you know, that's the one thing that kills me is. You know, you've heard me say, I know you've heard me say this. I go on and I say that the Raptors would have still won the title with DeMar. And the funny thing about that is, like, everyone gives me shit about that. Obviously, everyone's like, oh, they weren't winning the title with DeMar. It was all about Kawhi's defense. But the people who give me the most shit are Raptors fans. The people who supposedly love DeMar so much. The funniest part of that all, too, is whenever you say, oh, Kawhi's the one who won them that championship, it's, no, we, 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 we had a good squad. No, no, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, our, our, our team as a whole was better. But then when you say they could have won with the bars, no, DeMar always chokes in the playoffs. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's what is it? Was it a team effort? Or was it all Kawhi Leonard? And I understand Kawhi had the one-ever shot against Philadelphia. He was also fucking hobbled and took all of his shots from mid-range, which is where Kawhi has success. And I'm just, or where DeMar has success. (laughs) And I'm just saying, like, I I don't think it's the most ludicrous take in history, especially given what DeMar did this year. But if you do think that, it's fucking crazy if you're a Raptors fan who spent all those years worshiping DeMar, and now Mm -hmm. you're coming at me. When I'm like, no, he's really good, man. You're coming at me like no fucking way. Like, who the fuck are you talking to right now? Because they remember those series when he went completely ghost. And then there was the infamous quote after, I think it was uh, when they went down 0-3. And he was like, well, if we had a LeBron, we would win too. Uh, so I think I think that's really left a sour taste in their mouth. But, but what does everyone expect at a certain point? Like, I, I don't know what people expect, like, you should have beaten the greatest player in a generation, you son of a bitch. Like, okay, like, I, I don't... <laughs> what is, what is, the expectations are, are crazy and unrealistic. Like, the fact that they were there against LeBron so many times. Like, people still celebrate teams that lost to Jordan repeatedly. Like, mm-hmm. people rem- will remember those Raptors teams. Like, yeah, I think... They still talk about the Utah Jazz with Carl Malone. Yeah. Yeah, they still talk about the Phoenix Suns with Charles Barkley. Sometimes that is that is, that is a true point. That one. Well, that you one, would know better than me because you live in the city. But you know, it's hard. Well, I was like a diehard Jordan fan when I was a kid because I didn't know shit, and I was I was so little, and so I didn't even mm. really like know much about it. But um, but yeah, man. I mean, it's I, I'm I'm surprised the way that city has just sort of disowned Demar. But I mean, what are you going to do? Speaking of, there's still some diehards. There's still some diehards. That's true. But speaking of that, though, I mean, the 76ers look like they're just you know pretty much about to wipe them off the map. I mean, they're pretty much done. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that that Embiid shot that was quite the gut punch for them. Yep. And it's like Philly played horrible that game. Yep. They like if you're the Raptors and you look at how Philly played and you still lost that game, it's like, do you really suspect Philly will play that bad again? Like, there was a lot of unforced turnovers. James Harden fouled out. And Beat only went to the line nine times. Like, the last couple of days, they were saying, oh, refs, they keep on fouling us. They keep on giving us fouls. Y'all just can't guard him. Simple as that. And he knows how to put y'all in a position to foul him. Like, there are obviously, yes, there's some ticky-tack calls. But if you look at, like, the calls as a whole, they're fouling him. They are fouling him. Yep. And the refs are calling it. And it's like, did they have these issues when they actually had a big in Mark Gasol? Was he really getting to the line this much when Mark Gasol was there and he could actually put a body on him? They won a fucking championship. I mean, it's the truth. They wouldn't have won that title without Gasol because of the way that he performed both against the 76ers and against Draymond Green. And it's, and, it's the Bucks, just and the Bucks, he was he was pivotal in that. Oh, that's that's true. He hit he hit a bunch of threes in that series too, much to my fucking chagrin because I had a ton of money on the Bucks that year. <laughs> the Bucks just the Bucks just screw me. No matter what the fuck it is, the Bucks screw me over. <laughs> like no matter what, I, I I fucking hate those motherfuckers. But I I I um. I'm surprised a little bit about this series. I, I picked the 76ers to win, but I thought that I thought it'd be in six. Yeah, that's that's it exactly still can. It's still can. But it's like I don't know. This was uh, this is one of those games where if you win it, you feel like you might be a little bit back in the series. And if you lose it, it's just fucking done for you. Because not only yeah. do you go down 3-0, but when you basically dominate a game and then lose it at the end, that is a backbreaker yeah. that you really just can't recover from. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, they're a little bit ahead of schedule anyway, right? Like you're relying on rookies. They've got injuries they're dealing with. Like I view yeah. this season as a success for Toronto. I think if Barnes didn't get hurt, we could potentially be looking at a 2-1, maybe even a 2-1 in their favor. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But I mean, but it's one of those if, things. What yeah. if? Well, and that's the thing. It's like you're relying on rookies. You don't know if they're going to hold up over a whole season because this is the first time they're playing almost 100 games, blah, 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 blah. You know all that. And, I mean, the other thing that's been shocking to me is, the. I mean, the first two games were fucking blowouts. I really thought that Mm – I thought the Raptors – I mean, Nick Nurse is such a good coach, but sometimes you just run out. Like, you just run out of ways. And uh, Pascal Siakam uh, shrinking at the worst possible time for them. Uh, that's another thing that was against them because he only had like 12 or 13 points in that last game. Is there anyone in the NBA who is as good as Pascal Siakam, but as inconsistent? Like, I don't know of anyone who's all NBA who can disappear that, except maybe James Harden at this point, but like Siakam can vanish. And it's hard to know another dude who's, I mean, Jason Tatum used to be that way at times, but now He's Not at all. Tatum has become, you know, he's everything. But Siakam mm. disappears to a level that I've never seen other all NBA all NBA guys do, and I wonder sometimes. Um, but yeah, that mm. one, that one, I think is done. Um, you think the Hawks have any chance against the Heat? If Capella was playing, I'd say yes. Yeah, because that connection between him and Trey on the the floater slash. Uh, it is, it's pretty sure they that's like the most like point output based on like the advanced stats like when he's throwing him the the oop on the pick and roll i'm pretty sure that's like the most points total points in this season so not having capella and then you have john collins playing the center it's like can that do you really expect that man to be able to check bam I mean, I think he has a better chance of holding up against Bam than maybe some other guys um, just in terms of, I mean, he's mm-hmm. fast and Bam yeah. isn't so otherworldly huge that, you know, you, like guys like Brooke Lopez, like Brooke Lopez is just big, yeah. you know, and I think that there's some possibility that that Collins could at least do something on offense, but defensively Bam would, yeah, he's he's just will just work him. Yeah, he's just, he's just working him, so... Um, 
and Jimmy Butler arising like he used to in the bubble as well helps them. Jimmy Butler's always better in the playoffs. You know, that's just what he is. Yeah. He's, he's not a, except he's last a, year. Last yeah. year was kind of that. That's fair, but I mean, you know, I I still think that bubble final scene was pretty respectable. I think that was a good run. I know everyone is. Oh, Miami's so militaristic, blah, 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 blah. What the fuck ever, man? It was a good run. Um, but I, I agree with you. Like, I don't see... Everybody says that because they weren't there to be a part of that run. Yeah. They, they wish they were in bag. <laughs> I, dude, I wish the Suns were in that spot. Um, yeah, I, they kind of shafted y'all. Y'all never lost the game and y'all still didn't make the playoffs. Karis LeVert, if he only hit that 22-footer, that motherfucker, we would have been in the playoffs. <laughs> The Hawks uh, need to consolidate, though, right? Like, the Hawks have got to consolidate, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, they need to, like, they've got it's so the same many guys. guys. Yeah. It was the same guys as last year. Well, yeah. minus Cam Reddish. I feel like they could use a Cam Reddish, but I guess, you know, it just didn't work out that way. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like you need Kevin Herter and Bogdan Bogdanovich, but you don't need Cam Reddish. That's weird to me. Like, yeah. I feel like they have a lot of dudes who have kind of overlapping skill sets and they mm-hmm. need they need another. They I mean, OK, if you say, all right, it's Trey and Capella. Fine. Then you've got to have like a third wing. Maybe it's DeAndre Hunter. That I don't been know. That it could have been. been I mean, and I'm not a big Cam Reddish guy, maybe, but. I still think there's uh, what a was the reason. Was it because he's not good defensively or something? I, I, I never understood the trade. I mean, technically, Cam's not really good at anything. If you look at statistics, wow. if you look at it, well, if wow. you look at advanced statistics, he's not. I mean, his, his shooting percentages aren't good. He's not good on defense. Every now and then, he has a good game, but like the advanced stats say that Cam Reddish is a bad basketball player. I, I'm just, anyway. I'm well, you know, it is what it is. At least a bad NBA player. I'm sure he's a great phenomenal kid and a wonderful human and an actual good basketball player when he's at the court against other people who don't know what they're doing. But as far as the NBA goes, is a net negative. So get mm-hmm. get a first round pick for him and whatever. But I don't know what the Hawks are doing. And I think that they don't know what they're doing. And I think that's kind of resulting in this series where oh, can Trey Young win every game for us? No, he can't. And you know, especially against this team is it's not going to be easy. Any team that has really good defensive guards is they're basically going to fuck the Hawks up. They've got to yeah. figure out a way to solve that problem. They need like a mm. Clay Thompson, you know, they, not not yeah. not current Clay Thompson, but like a prime Clay Thompson. You know, yeah. that would be something that would be huge for them. But I, I don't know, not yeah, happy. Heat in five. I he, give Trey one game where he goes bonkers. Yeah, he'll, he'll have the thirty-eight and fourteen game and. He gets to wave yeah. to the crowd and do all of his things, and then they'll get bounced. Well, the they're series. in they're in Atlanta right now, so he won't be doing it in Miami for <laughs> another three games. That's a good point. I'll have to wave to his own crowd when they get sent home in four. Um, Man, do you are you were you impressed with the Bulls, or are you not eh, fluke whatever? But I mean, DeRozan was awesome against Giannis, so that is one thing. But do you think that's a sign of something, or you're just like ah eh, whatever? I think the. The Giannis avalanche is inevitable, and they, they're just putting it off for now. But I think once a Kung Po really starts going and he starts flexing and doing his uh, that evil stare, then once he gets there, then it's curtains for them. But it's with Middleton out, I think the Bulls have a good shot at knocking them off. Yeah. It's going to take a lot more of these type of DeMar games, but it's doable. It's doable. I think the I'd Middleton like to see what Drew make... does. Yeah. I'd like to see what he does. That's true. I think the Middleton thing does make it possible, though, because Middleton being hurt does let you do the wall against Giannis more where yeah. you're just being like, we're not letting you get anywhere near the paint because we're throwing everyone in there because they don't have as much shooting and they have nobody to really go get a bucket without Middleton. So, yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I think if they muck it up a little bit, they could, you know, they might, like I would have given them, I don't know, like a 10% chance of winning this series coming into it. And now I would say it's like 25 or 30%. Like mm-hmm. Middleton's a big piece and Giannis can't literally score 75 a game. So you we're going to see a lot more of his jump shooting abilities, though. Yeah, I would I, like to see where he is as a jump shooter. Now he's going to have to shoot a lot more of them. And like you said, holiday too. like 
I mean, much to my chagrin, again, Holiday was awesome in the finals last year when the Bucks like really needed him to. Like there were multiple games where well, I can't remember which game it was, but he four threes in the fourth quarter. And just every time the Suns were, you know, pushing, he kept he kept, you know, bearing a triple. And so we've seen him do it, but that was playing off Middleton is the thing. I also like to see what uh, Mr. Crazy Eyes could do. <laughs> Bobby Portis. <laughs> oh, my God. That guy is something else. Man. I'd hate to see that dude in a street fight. Eh? He just looks into your soul <laughs> with those crazy eyes. Like, <laughs> I'm like afraid to call him crazy eyes on my podcast. Unless he shows up outside my house. <laughs> Like you don't want to say crazy eyes five times like Candyman or Bobby Portis ends up outside your door. <laughs> crazy eyes. Crazy eyes. No, don't say it. Don't say it. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, I, yeah, I hate that motherfucker, too, man. I really. Oh, God. I've never like I was, you know, you know, I was like on the Bucks for years. I was like, this team's amazing. They're blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And now I, I, I've never You've turned so on fast. Oh my God, a U-turn. Oh my God. So much hatred. All of the uh, fucking uh, Facebook. It, the, I go in the ringer NBA Facebook group sometimes and just yeah. troll the shit out of people. And they're all like, they're like, oh, you've been gone for a year. You ran away when the Suns lost. I'm like, yep, I did. That's exactly fucking correct. One good talk to you, motherfuckers, and now I'm back to do what I was doing before. And they get really annoyed, and I enjoy taking up real estate in people's head. What can I say? What do you think about the Nets and Celtics? Whew. That game one was amazing. I, game two was it good, was. too. But, but game one, that ending was like, oh. Yeah. Kyrie fell flat after all of the blind drama from the last game. Well, look, I know, I know we all hate Bill Simmons, but he makes the point that Kyrie's really good when he gets to play once a week, and he's not wrong. <laughs> Kyrie's on the NFL schedule, dog. You know, when when, yeah. he, when he only plays Sundays, you know, yeah. he, he's looking like Tom Brady out there. He's pinpoint. Uh, come on. Got to show up to come work twice on. a week. It's a little bit more difficult. <laughs> come on. Man, why why you gotta do that's my guy, man. Dude, I love Kyrie. I love Kyrie as a human being. I think he is an incredible person with his activism. I think his vaccination stance is fucking garbage, but I think that his <laughs> I think his activism for Black Lives Matter and mental health stuff, I think it's all fantastic. That's the second best point guard in the league, man. Watch, watch how you Absolutely. speak on his name. Absolutely. He is the second best point guard in the league when he gets to play one game a week only on Sundays. Oh, come on. When was the last time he played two good games in a row? I don't have his game logs in front of me. I'm just saying, Kyrie. He was a lot better last year before this whole vaccine mandate was even a thing. Kyrie is like your favorite substitute teacher. You know, he comes in. He does all the cool shit. I saw, like, oh. I saw there. You only see them every so often. It's yeah. all fun and games. So Mr. Irving's here time. today. Oh, yeah. man, Mr. Irving. He's going to give us popsicles. We're going to watch a movie. But, you know, you know, it's not consistent winning basketball. This is fucking I love Kyrie Irving. I think he's one of the most skilled players of all time. So I like I'm yeah. such an asshole right now. I know. But <laughs> hate hard, baby. That's the that's the motto today. But yeah, for real, but like, for real, if I you only show up once a week, it does matter. It matters. It does. It does. It does. But K- Katie going for a, what was it, 17 or something like that? That's that's way below KD standards. Someone tweeted just because it's 420 doesn't mean you're supposed to shoot four for 20. I was like, oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I wish I knew who tweeted that one because that shit was killing me. But it really and truly, the Celtics top to bottom are better. Yeah. And, 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 and they play defense. Yeah. Like, it's very, the Celtics can win games with Tatum and Brown being off, as we've seen. But if KD and Kyrie are off for the Nets, then it's good night, Irene. And that, that's all it came down to last game. Uh, yeah. They were. The, the bench showed up for them for for the most part. Yeah, Dragic, he was hooping. Bruce Brown was hooping. But yeah. KD and Kyrie, they, didn't, they weren't really hooping. You know, the other thing I think is interesting about this series is 
Dude, I feel like Nash was getting way too much credit. Like people are like, oh, oh that this shows Nash is a good. Yeah. He, I, I, what has he done? Ime Udoka in his rookie season took a team that wasn't listening to him, shortened up the rotation, changed mm-hmm. up the defense, got that team to top seed, like not the number one seed, but just like Ime Udoka. That's what a good mm-hmm. coach does. And, hey. and Steve Nash, what has he even done? My homie, my homie Mo. Shout out to Mo. If you ever come across this, he was saying you never really know how good a coach is based on if he has superstar players. Yep. Yep. It's about what they do when they don't. Because look at uh, Eric Spolstra. And it was like, we thought, oh, he's just good just because he's got the big three. He's got prime LeBron playing. At, like at one point, that version of LeBron is probably one of the best basketball players that the league has ever seen i don't care what your hate is that 2012 season by lebron is up there with the likes of michael jordan debate your auntie it wasn't until after he was working with a bunch of average joes that we really got to see how good of a coach eric spolstra show was even with uh tyron lou look what he did with the clippers we all we thought, like, I remember for that stretch with when he was with the, the Cavs, we're like, oh, Tyron is not really coaching. It's just LeBron. He's just the face there. Gets to the Clippers and he's missing Kawhi. He's missing Paul George. And he, look what he did this season. Look what he did even in the playoffs last year. Well, yeah. you, those are good coaches. Yeah. Steve Nash hasn't done anything. And remember the podcast with Katie and Kai where they're like, oh, we don't even we don't really need a coach. Like I can coach. KD can coach one day. Yeah. We're 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 self-coach. I, I don't call him Coach Nash. I call him Steve. Uh, uh, from when from then that was a red flag then. I agree. And you know, the one thing I'll say about Spolstra is, and this is pre-LeBron, um, the 2007 season. I think is a fucking masterpiece of coaching because mm. it was, you know, Miami heat, you this know, winding after, down. Uh, this is after the, the, the title yeah. in the year when Shaq is injured and, you know, things are, I think they may have traded Shaq to, to Phoenix by this point. It might've been 2008. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I have to look, but the, the coach retired. Is, he went to the uh, president's spot. I forget. Pat, yes. Pat Riley goes Pat upstairs. Riley, yes, he he goes. hires Spolstra. And I think this was Spolstra's yeah. second season. And mm-hmm. it was Dwayne Wade and fucking Daquan Cook and just a whole bunch of fucking nobodies. And they won 45 games and Dwayne Wade averaged 30 a game. And it was just, it was probably when the you best job of coaching. Yeah. And, and he should have won MVP that year. I've argued that so many fucking times. It was LeBron won MVP that year, but Wade should have won because, mm. because that team had nothing. And yet somehow, you know, it was, God, it might've been 09. I'm so fucking old at this point. But the point is, I agree with you be- completely because yes, Dwayne Wade was a star, <laughs> but he wasn't quite the mega star that he became when, you know, with LeBron at that point, and they had mm-hmm. no one else on that team and they still won yeah. fucking 45 games. Eric Spolstra is a phenomenal coach. If I bought yeah. a team, I have said for years, I think I would choose Monty Williams now just because I love the sun so much, but I've mm-hmm. always said for years, if I bought a team phone call, number one is to the Miami heat to negotiate for <laughs> Eric Spolstra. I've said that forever <laughs> and I stand by. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault you. He's a good coach. He's proven. Yeah. Yeah. And guys like to play for him. As yeah. we, guys like to play. He's a he's a bit militaristic, but I think um, I think it's good. Um, that's uh, that's the whole Eastern Conference. So let's just do it now. Let's just do it. Let's just get it over with. Just go ahead. Just go ahead and say the bullshit, so I can record it and throw it back in your fucking face in a week. Just go ahead. Oh, Tell me how it's over. Man. Tell me how the Suns are going to lose and the Pelicans <sighs> and Brandon Ingram. And it's Booker. just like the We Believe Warriors Get well and blah, soon. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, soon, Booker. But if he's not right, that hammy is going to cost you guys a championship. I'm sorry. Nah. Y'all need Booker nah. at healthy to it's win that cost- championship. It's not costing us anything. He's going to be just fine. And he's mm. going to come back. He's going to The hammy never goes away. Look what happened to Julio. Look what happened to Chris. He knows better than anyone about what happened with the hand. 
Number sure, one, you can say Booker one, is younger. Julio but... is fucking 32 years old, sir. <laughs> that is football. That is so not a comparison. <laughs> and Chris Paul but... was also 30 fucking four in the season that you were talking about. Now, come on. And it was also the Western Conference Finals at that point. And he couldn't play a couple of days later. It wasn't two to three weeks. You're trying to tell me we can't survive past the Pelicans? You can, Get the fuck you can out survive the Pelicans, but when you start facing the better teams, that's when I'm um, like, hey, what is What is the better team? What's the team Golden in the next State. round that's going to beat us? Well, do you guys even face Golden State in the next round? I believe, they win? I, I, believe, uh, I believe so, because uh, who's the Memphis, the Memphis is in the 2-7. Okay, yeah, uh, you'd face the... Yeah, I believe we face the winner of of the Warriors Nuggets is is the I believe that how fucking uh, what a good job of researching this podcast, huh? Is like yep. who would who would the Suns play in the second round? I don't fucking know. Like that's really good. It's just like really good. I'm Whoa. like I, okay. According to ESPN, we play the winner of Dallas and Utah. Sorry, so that's fucking. So no, I was wrong. So we play the winner okay. of Dallas and Utah. So there you go. So that's the level okay. of. That is the level of research that goes into this podcast is I just had to fucking look up the answer because I couldn't remember because I smoke so much pot that I forget everything. That's how much work goes into this podcast. And that's why no one listens. Anyway, I listen. Bro. Don't I listen it. too. it's the best podcast in the world just because no one else listens. It could still it doesn't matter who listens. It's still the greatest podcast of all time. Whether or not anyone listens, it's still the greatest. If a tree falls in the forest, it still makes a fucking sound dog. It doesn't matter yeah. if anyone hears it. Dallas yeah. and Utah against Phoenix. Go tell okay. me. Okay. All right. I think you guys win now and then without Devin. Okay. So saying. Western Conference minimum. Western Conference minimum. I'll give I mean, okay. Questions. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, here's the thing. If we go to the next round, I mean, Utah mm-hmm. is not even going to be there, right? Utah is yeah. not even going to be there. And even if they are, they are so fatally flawed. Anyone mm-hmm. could beat Utah, but it looks like they're not even going to be there. And if Dallas is there, Luca's not healthy either. So if I, if I, and I understand that Dallas is handling Utah right now, handling Phoenix without Luca is a whole other deal, even without Booker. And the one thing about Booker not being there, it makes the Suns a better defensive team. He's still a really good defender. Mm -hmm. Cam Johnson is an even better defender. It's just true. So it makes the team more focused on defense. It makes it harder for you to score. So now we're talking about the Western conference finals, which essentially means either the Grizzlies or the Warriors and Booker should be fine by then. I mean, we're talking about like a fucking month from now. You don't think he's going to be able to play a month from now? Yeah, but I, I was just looking at it from like a, a nagging, lingering injury aspect. That's where I was thinking about yeah, it, bro. That's, that's fair. The hamstring is a pain in the ass. I'll give you that. It is the largest muscle. It like, is only a grade run. one, though. It's only a grade so it's okay. not a tear. So, I mean, okay. we're talking about we're talking about something minor. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, anytime I hear the word hamstring, I'm concerned. But I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. Ah, boy, I don't know. I the, the one thing I think that is, and I, I think you'll agree with me on this. The hmm. one thing I think is Devin Booker is so good off the ball that it will bother him a little bit less than a guy like James Harden who needed the mm-hmm. ball in his hands all the time and he couldn't do anything. Booker can at least still move around. And he's around. not as in shape as Booker does. Also true. Crazy. Yeah. And Booker can still, he'll still be at least able to move around. He might not be able to cut with the same speed, but he'll still be able to do things away from the ball that make him more deadly, even if he isn't 100%. So while it hurts, I don't, if it was a grade two, I'd be like crying. But because it's a grade one, I think they can survive. Fair, fair, fair. All right. But let me see. Let me just paint you one little picture here, though, okay? Paint it for me. 17 years of supposed playoff failures and being called, you know, the point guy, but you can't get it done in the playoffs and you can't win the big game, blah, blah, blah. Devin Booker goes down, but Chris Paul leads the Suns to the finals anyway. How does his legend change? Oh, imagine this. Let's say that Booker I'm is three. in and if he's in and out of the playoffs the whole time and the Suns win the championship with Paul as the best player. Top three. All time, right? It changes. Three, yeah. It changes everything about how he's viewed. Forever. Definitely, definitely top three point guard all time. You can't deny him at that point. He's already got the resume. The only thing that's keeping him is that he doesn't have as many or even one championship compared to the rest of the guys up there. Who do you put above him? Obviously, Magic. I'd have Curry as well. You'd have Curry as well. Okay, I think we talked about yeah. that before. That's that's fair. Yeah, but I, I, man. I just, 
I'm trying to stay positive about this one. It is true, though. Like, you got to be healthy to win a championship. The thing is, though, you look around the league, dude, everyone's hurting. Nobody is healthy. And I do think that that's one thing, like, since the pandemic, dude, like, every team every year is suffering major injuries. And I know that every team always suffers major injuries, but, like, even the Raptors won the title. Kawhi's on a, you know, a busted leg. They're playing against a broken Warriors team. You yeah. know, the, the Lakers win the title, but half of the Heat roster is injured. The Suns lose a bunch of guys. The Bucks had a couple the guys Lakers. missing. They, they've been hobbled like the they, last two years. They've been much. hobbled since the championship. Yeah. And so, like, I really, it seems like there's a higher percentage of key players injured right now. So, I look at that and I'm just like, man, I mean, I know the Suns are going through it, but so is everyone else. It's not an excuse. You mm-hmm. got to be able to win games. Yeah, I think it comes down to coaching at that point. Yeah. Being able to bring out the best in next man up. I still think the Suns win this game and win this series in five games. I don't. Five games. Yeah. I don't think this changes that. Yeah, I you think guys have Pel- an answer for Brandon? Yeah. Mikhail fucking Bridges. Come on. <laughs> Come on, he's not gonna do. They uh, listen. I understand they won that game, but go watch it. They made every single three they took basically in the fourth quarter. It was just, mm. it was just, it was one hell. Of the, it was a hell of a game. But like, okay, I'll tell you what. If Jose Alvarado and Larry Nance are gonna shoot hundred percent from three, then good for fucking you. You can go ahead and win the series. Like, what do you want me to do about that? Like, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> but EJ was saying on the radio here. He was like, if they do that, then you'll lose. But you go ahead and try to do that. And I agree. I think mm. it's still a pretty much a gentleman's sweep. What do you think about Dallas and Utah? Who who do you are you are you are you just done on Utah like I am? Like I think it's time I've to blow that done. team up. I've been, been done. done. Yeah. Been. Send that new Donovan Mitchell to New York or something. Yeah. Tim or Mi- better, if y'all gonna move off of Sexton, give me a Donovan Mitchell. Well, and yeah, well, that's the thing, dude. Tim McMahon, the you know, the ESPN dude, he follows the jazz pretty closely and he swears that if the Jazz lose in the first round, that Donovan Mitchell is on the trade block because there's no way he'll sign another contract in Utah and stay there long-term. So, I wouldn't. Yeah. Utah's would full of racists. That's the truth, man. Like, uh, you, their, their fans are fucking horrible. They treat everyone poorly. They scream at their own players. Like, I, I fucking hate Utah fans, and I don't understand Get why. Get me away from that Rudy Gobert guy. Yeah. That fraud defender. <laughs> Put that dude on the perimeter. He's free smoke. And he he uh, he loves being in Utah, so you can just let him stay. But uh, yeah, dude, I think Donovan Mitchell is. I think you're right about the Knicks, dude. I think that's. I but think in the same like a, breath, in the same breath, I just I don't like watching them play, man. It's literally Donovan Mitchell offense, and it's not even like he's like a Luca where he can facilitate and get a whole bunch of assists. It's just Donovan Mitchell dribble, dribble, slash get the foul if not he's shooting a three like i don't really see him getting into like a mid-range shot creating type of game like a devin booker like when i think of all like the like the new breed of like young guys where you talk like tatum booker and all those like he's probably the worst out of all those guys who are like we talk about as the next guy in my opinion i'd rather have zach levine and jamal murray so, yes. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think much of Donovan Mitchell at all. I don't really understand why people do, but I do think the Knicks do. And I do mm-hmm. think the Knicks would pay an, you know, unbelievable price to put, you know, because I mean, you know, regardless of what we feel about Donovan Mitchell, if you put that name in Madison Square Garden, you're going to sell a boatload of tickets and Definitely. it's going to be a really exciting 35. I would team. like to see how he interacts with uh, RJ Barrett, though. Because I think R.J. Barrett has made that step into being like a fringe star. There's no like way that R.J. Barrett is on that team, right? He has to be part of the trade. You think but, so, you, huh? Well, uh, dude, it has to be, right? Like, because Utah can't Utah can't get a free agent. So getting a guy like R.J. Barrett that's, you know, you basically have him locked in to the same extension mm. that you would sign Donovan Mitchell to. Like, I think that's the – not that R.J. Barrett would want to be there, but – you know, he's not going to turn down that money. So mm. I think, I think RJ likes that deal. New York, though. I, f- I feel like he loves New York. Though. Yeah, but he doesn't have a no before. trade clause. Yeah, that's true. He's so, still on his rookie contract. No? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you know, if New York wanted to do it, it wouldn't matter what he wanted to do. And he would, you know, I mean, he could go to restricted free hey, or whatever. But 
that boy Obi Toppin, he's he's starting to hoop now. Now since uh, Julius Randle was out of the lineup, Obi Toppin, he had like a nice little stretch to close out the season. That's what I'm saying. It's, you're 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 just you're just laying out my trade package for me right here, dude. It's <laughs> it's RJ Barrett, it's Obi Toppin, it's salary filler, and it's two first round picks. That's the starting point. I feel like for a Donovan Mitchell discussion, he's already on a long term contract. He would be wanting mm. to stay in New York. You're going to have to pay out the fucking ass. And no, you're not going to be able to get Julius Randle. You're going to have to keep him. And you're building a Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle. I feel like they might want to give up Julius before they give up Obi, though. Yeah, but the Jazz aren't going to take Julius Randle. Yeah, but the Jazz aren't going to take Julius Randle. There's no world. Why would the Jazz take maybe maybe a three team deal? You try and get Julius Randle in Dallas because I'm pretty sure he'd love to go back home. Do you think, I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, if you can find someone to take on Julius Randle's money, then congratulations, you're the greatest trade artist in the world. Because (laughs) that that extension that the Knicks signed him to, like, I like Julius Randle a lot, but like signing a dude to- He crumbled under the New York pressure. Well, dude, signing a dude to a near max extension after one all NBA season is almost always a horrendous idea. Well, the Suns yeah. are about to give Booker a super max when he gets all NBA this year, but that's not a horrible idea. He should have been Free up DeAndre. Free up DeAndre. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. The Suns are going to be sold to a new owner. Sarver's going to get ousted by the by the NBA. The Suns are going to get sold to a new owner, and the new owner is going to come in and say, I'm very sorry for that racist old white piece of shit. I'm a new old white piece of shit, but I'm not racist. And here's a bunch of money. And it's gonna be it's gonna be all honky dory. That's how that shit's gonna go. I'm telling you. The fucking the owner of Disney wants to buy the Suns, and he has oh. more money than God. And he when when Sarver is forced out, he's gonna oh. buy the Suns. I'm telling you. The days of Phoenix having a cheap owner are coming to an end. And this Your time team, has come. Oh, yeah. There's oh, no yeah. way out of this one. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's me talking to fucking Sarver, dude. Um, <laughs> so we know we know how you feel about uh, the Nuggets and uh, you know the 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 Warriors in terms of the series, right? Like you you give the Nuggets no chance, obviously. Negative. So we no don't even really Murray, to, no MPG. Yeah, so that one's really not worth even talking about. Really, um, can we talk about Memphis then? And- let's do it. Tell me. Carl Anthony Towns, you got a beautiful girlfriend. That's the only nice thing I got to say about you. <laughs> Bro, after the couple of years that he's had, whoo, oh, that is harsh. I've been woo! hearing so much hype. Oh, Carl Anthony Towns, the greatest three-point shooter at the big man position. <sighs> Statistically wise, he's the greatest. But if we're talking about big time shots, still Dirk Nowitzki. Put some respect on that guy's name. I don't care about his percentages. This dude, historically, this is his second time in the playoffs, and it's the second time he's muffin manned his appearance. How you put up eight points in 33 minutes? Eight points? Come on now. And oh in the in game, you didn't do nothing. You fouled out in the beginning of the fourth quarter. So they won that game without you. Unacceptable. I'm here. Oh, he's, he's, he's arrived. Look at what he's doing now. He's putting up all these big games. Look what he did to the Lakers. He's son LeBron. Everyone was like, hey, you doing this to a team that's not even a well-constructed team. Let's see you do it against playoff teams. This is your moment. This is your moment to show us you have arrived. And what are you doing? You only have one good game. Dude, you, we, a couple of days ago, you DM'd me and you were like, I've got the takes. I'm bringing the takes. Bring me on the show. And I was like, all right, cool. I did not expect this. That was, yo, man. How, how you let Ant-Man in his Poor second call year Anthony be Towns. more of a team, the, the guy, more of the face. On this team. You've been here since I was still in college, pretty much. I've been out of college for at least six years now. Yo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Carl Anthony Towns, man. He can't 
that dude can't stop catching bodies from he everybody. Can't, he dog. can't, he can't like, put, keep playing the sympathy card. Honestly, God rest the soul of all your loved ones. But we're talking basketball. This ain't no personal life. I ain't coming at you or your family. You suck, bro. You suck when it matters the most. Oh, I'm so glad I don't have sponsors or edit this show so that I could just play this in its entirety. And I, I don't have to change anything about sometimes people are like, why don't you have ad reads? This right now is why I don't have ad reads so that you can say things like that. And I don't have to be concerned about it. God damn, man. God damn. I don't even know if I've gone that hard on this show and it's my fucking show. God damn, dude. I mean, I did call Luca the Pillsbury Doughboy or whatever, but oh, then, you're flagrant for that one. Come well, on. Oh, come on. Hold on. Hold on. You don't get to show up to camp 50 pounds overweight and not hear from me about that. Listen, if you show up in the same kind of shape that I show up to a Little Caesars pizza, you're going to fucking hear from me, dog. You're going to hear from me. You should fucking show up. Oh, I'm going to play my way into shape because you fucking spent all summer all fucking saw playing hard, Fortnite. How hard it did it. It didn't work for Harden. Yeah. Why you think you, yeah. you, you do it? Yeah, but at least Harden's going to strip clubs and banging strippers. Luca's fucking drinking soda and playing Fortnite all summer. It's and not he's impressive. on those hookahs. We did see the yeah. clip of him on the hookah. Yeah. I mean, I'll give him the Slovenia thing. I'll give him dragging Slovenia to whatever in the Euro Cup or whatever. But like, I'm just saying, you don't you don't get to fucking look like me and then not hear from me. Okay, <laughs> if you look like a marshmallow, the marshmallow's coming for you. That's just what it is. All right, look at. And on the flip side, it's still impressive. He put up the numbers he put, looking like you. That that's still impressive. Jokic doesn't come into the season and fucking suck at the beginning. Jokic fair. comes in looking like me and he still fair. dominates. I'm just saying. Fair, you you got to be able to rock the weight or not. Shaq came into the season and played his way into shape, but he's still putting up 25 and 12 at the beginning yeah. of the season or some shit, even though he was out of shape. Luca comes into the season and legit looks like me if I go to a rec park and try to play. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, you're all about to get sunned. And then I'm like dropping the ball all over the place and I'm like shooting bricks. I'm like Rain Man, like fucking mm-hmm. uh, dude from uh, Along Came Polly. I'm just saying, dog, like, Amen. fuck Luca. Fuck Luca. Yeah. I hate, and the I flip hate side, On the flip side, though, I think... Ant Man will really be able to keep Minnesota relevant for years to come. At oh, hell least until yeah. he decides to get up out of there, you know. Or I was the same thing KG happened will happen to him. I was wrong about that, dude. I didn't know that he had like I like Ant Man. I, I, I was totally wrong. I didn't I thought mm-hmm. I was worried that he was gonna be another Wiggins because you watched him in college and he would disappear sometimes in the way that Wiggins disappears. Mm-hmm. And I was concerned that 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 would be the same kind of thing and i have been so wrong he's awesome he's so good he needs to get a little bit more efficient but like i i like i like like how he gets into a lot of his shots he's he's got the moves he just needs to get the the efficiency with those moves now he's more of like a volume shooter i think you'll understand what i'm talking about when i say this though is i i wish that like I wish RJ Barrett would play the way that Anthony Edwards, uh, the way that Anthony Edwards plays. Cause like, yeah. Cause when, when Ant-Man gets the ball, it, he either shoots it or he attacks the rim like right away. Like there's not a whole lot of, I'm going to stand here and think about it for 20 minutes. I'm going to dribble and I'm going to try to, you know, show my bag. Like for the most part, he goes to the fucking rack. And so, yeah. I just really appreciate that about him or, or, or he shoots right away. And RJ Barrett, there's so much like indecision in his game. He gets the mm. ball on the wing. He stares at the defense for three seconds and tries to figure out what to do. And I think it's the lack of uh, an efficient right hand that really impairs yeah. what he really wants to do too. Cause that's the thing with a lot of like the left hand players is, Oh, force him. Right. He ain't going to be able to do much when you go make him go. Right. So I think that, kind of is like playing in his mind as well yeah yeah so. I, I, no i think you're right about that and so i i he should work on his right hand truthfully i mean it should be if you're going to be a lefty and you're going to use that to your advantage and you should you should still have a right hand finish when you get them going you get them going to your left you should be able to go right like you know mm-hmm. and i just i do think he's got a that's the one thing that drives me a little crazy about him is I think he hesitates too much, but I'll say one thing. I picked Minnesota to win this series and that was looking really good 
for like three quarters today. <laughs> and then listen. And then <laughs> and then Memphis did their thing. I will say this about Memphis. I love Ja. I think he's special. I think he's got that dog. But I think he needs to dial back the the, the talking on the internet just a little bit. <laughs> he's able to get away with it because Minnesota is there just a all over the place a lot of times. But like against the better teams, uh, just just dial it back a little bit. You, you haven't really done anything just yet. You got bounced in the playoffs last year, first round. So uh, I feel like you got to earn your right to move like you're the big dog on campus. I love the energy. I love it. But it's like, you know, you ain't got to tweet everything. It, it kind of gives me Baker Mayfield vibes, if you know what I'm saying. I do. Yeah. And that was that was the thing about Jimmy Butler. Like, I've kind of come off this after he took Miami to the finals, because I think once you lead a finals team, I, I don't think, you know, you, you didn't win. But leading a finals team to me you means you really don't have a lot to say. You know, you don't need to say anything to anyone. But with the whole thing with the Timberwolves, all that shit he did was funny as hell when he blew up the practice and he dunked on Carl Anthony Towns and all this shit. But yeah. he carried himself like a dude who had won multiple championships. And I was just like, you yeah. know, you haven't done that. Like, I get Jimmy Butler's a dog and that's just his attitude and everyone wants him on their team. Agreed. I'm not even trying to say that, but like you're mad at Carl Anthony Towns. These guys are too soft. They don't know nothing about blah, blah, blah. Well, you haven't won anything either. So why aren't you trying to teach them to be hard when you, you know, and so that was always kind of my issue with Jimmy Butler, but it mm-hmm. just turns out Miami was the perfect fit for him culturally. And you know, the rest is history. But I, mean, I feel the same they're way about Kawhi bounce away from potentially being a finals contender too. Yeah. That's no, that's true. Uh, that's true. I mean, that that I was surprised that they let Jimmy Butler go. Um, mm. At the time, I was like, and at the time, I thought, it, I, dude, I'm at the time, I thought that made some sense because, like, like I I didn't know what the like I thought. Well, if Ben Simmons and Joel Beat are going to be your alpha dogs, and that's what you want. Tobias makes more sense because he's a floor spacer. He's a this, that, and the other. Well, it turns mm. out I was just wrong about every single part of that whole fucking thing. I, and mm. I, I just, I was just completely a thousand percent wrong. I mean, I, I just thought they wanted it to be Simmons and Embiid. Maybe they did. They should have wanted it to be Butler and Embiid, but what are you going to do? Um, you know, people make mistakes. I, I, I guess I made the same mistake as Elton Brand. What can you say? But I agree <laughs> with you on Memphis. Like, I like them. They just need to, yeah, it's, you got to kind of, like it, they're a very fun team, but it it is a little bit, yeah. It's like the the young pup, the young pup got a lot of bite, and he can really like uh, scare a lot of people away. But when you face, when you up against uh, like uh, somebody who knows that they can smack you in the mouth, then it kind of knocks you down a uh, size. That's the thing, like. They, you know, they're like a bad matchup for all these teams, blah, blah, blah. I get all that. The Warriors are a horrible matchup for them. And that's mm. who's next. And so this idea that... I think they can win, but I can. think if they're not careful, then it could go very south for them. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that the Warriors play in such a rigid professional way that, you know, they're going to... Prevent- and they've seen it all. Yes, they've pretty much seen it all. At this and they're going to prevent Memphis from running in the way that they want to run. And they're going to force them into half court sets that they don't want to do. And we know that jaw isn't as phenomenal in the half court. And so it's just one of those things where, you know, I, he's I, very reliant on getting to the perimeter or to the rim a lot. Yeah. And he's opinion. great at it. He's great at mm-hmm. it. But that works less in the playoffs when you're not getting nearly as many whistles and, you know, all these mm-hmm. things. And, you know, and he's not built like a Kunk or LeBron either. Right. Despite the fact that he jumps higher than like anyone I've ever fucking seen. Some of these jumps he has <laughs> when he dunks, dude, he looks like he's playing. Bill Simmons, again, I, I don't like Bill Simmons basketball analysis, analysis but he has inside mm. information. So occasionally I listen to him just because I want to know. He said Bruce Arians would not be coaching Tom Brady next year. He was fucking right that Bruce Arians was going to retire. Like he he was on top of all kinds of stuff. So I, I, I'll yeah. give him that. But he has compared John Morant to young Michael Jordan and the way that young Michael Jordan was so explosive. And I don't really think that's wrong. I think that Ja is a lot like young Michael Jordan. I think that's fair. But also, young Michael Jordan also couldn't shoot. 
And young Michael Jordan also wasn't winning playoff series. And so mm. he had to expand his game. And I think the same thing for Jaw. And I just think Memphis is ahead of schedule. That That's uh, slashing playmaker build in 2K. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. Uh, the Hall of Fame posterizer <laughs> badges. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Half the dudes at the fucking park have that, dude. I always, yeah. dude, I always fucking make like seven, four centers that only play defense. And then I go to the park and I just fucking set screens and rebound. And we fucking win every single game because I'm the only person in 2K willing to set screens and rebound. So, like, every time yeah. I play, I, we fucking like dominate every team because I'm just basically defending the paint. I'm rebounding everything and I'm doing this phenomenal thing uh, that most people in 2K have never heard of. It's called passing. And so oh. I know that I know that it's <laughs> so that's why it's 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 this new strategy that I came up with. It's really phenomenal. Oh, but don't don't let the community hear about that. That's <laughs> whenever I play the like, you know, the five on fives. Everyone's yeah. always trying to get LeBron or Giannis or Curry. I always go to center because I'm like, I'm yeah. just going to set screens and rebound, guys. It's all good. <laughs> I'm like, I'm here yeah. to play. I'm here to play utility. It's all good. Someone's got to play a role player on 2K, baby. I'm here to do it. I'm here to do it. <laughs> you you win, though. Reach you, into the choir. Dog, you win so many games. You win Trust so me. many games if you get two people communicating like it just mm-hmm. let's just run a pick and roll you fucking win so many games Cause a lot of these guys they don't know how to play basketball they just their sea ball put in rim yeah yeah and it's just fucking dunks and threes dunks and threes dunks and threes yep oh my god i sound like the oldest motherfucker on the planet right now whatever <laughs> happened to a good chess pass whatever I'm happened with, to a i'm good with you there pass. man don't even worry about it so now with everything we know at this point what are your finals like? Who do you think is going to make it out of each? Like, are you are you off the Suns with Booker being hurt? Do you are you that? Are you now the Warriors? Like, what are your? I'm obviously still. I still I'm sticking I with still, Suns Bucks. I'm still sticking with Suns and the Bucks until somebody beats the Bucks. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. That's how I feel. Until you so. beat the champions, the champions are the champions, and so yeah. I give them that respect. And I, I just I'm sticking with it. I, I do think. I mean, Booker being out two to three weeks sucks, but I do think the Suns can get through the Pelicans and I think they can get through the Jazz or the Mavericks without Booker. And I I, I mean, the Warriors series, I mean, who knows how healthy the Warriors would be? So it's just, I hope Booker is healthy by then. I'll tell you one thing. It's about the next 10 years. It's not about this year. As much as it pains me to say that, he should not play. If he's going to do something that's going to cause him like KD played when he had his hamstring issue and then he tore his Achilles immediately. I Mm -hmm. I don't know if those are connected. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I heard this was what Brian Windhorst was saying the other day. I think actually now that I think about it it is exactly what he said. He said, so I'm not plagiarizing. I'm not trying just realizing this is what Windhorst was saying was KD had a hamstring injury and then suddenly he played on his Achilles and it was torn. And Windhorst said exactly that. He said, I'm not a doctor, uh, but you know, those things don't look great. And if there's any chance that Devin Booker could do anything, I don't want him to play. Yeah. It, it's, we but don't like want a said, Jamal. He's Sur- a lot younger than those guys were when they. Yeah. But if you have a Jamal Murray situation, it doesn't just take out one finals run. It potentially takes out two. Yeah. I, I don't want him. I would rather he just sit until he's ready to go. It's just better mm-hmm. for him. It's better for the team. And it sucks, but you just have to gut things out. I don't, I mean, what else can you do? Like, you know, but here's the thing. If he's a hundred percent by the Western conference finals, then it was worth it. If you've yep. made it there, because then you're ready to go. Facts. So Facts. any hot takes, last thoughts? Uh, how would you feel if I told you, if you swap Tatum with Booker, they'd be in the same exact spot. I would agree with that completely. I think that I think that Tatum and Booker are basically two of the five best young, like, you know, like 25 mm-hmm. and under type guys in the NBA. I, and I, I think that most people think that Tatum is better than Booker. And I think that they're wrong. I think that they I are think basically, they the same at different positions. I agree. Essentially. I agree. I think Booker, I think Booker is a better pure scorer because Booker has more of a bag and has more of you know, crazy enough. He has more of a mid-range game. Everyone always talked about Tatum's mid-range game, but Booker's mm-hmm. mid-range game is Kobe. You know, everyone was yeah. like, Tatum wants to be Kobe. Nah, man, Booker's Kobe, but Tatum's a better defender and he's been a better three point shooter. 
Uh, Booker's yeah. Booker's a better passer, you know. But I think I think they're both. I think the net result is basically about the same. Yeah, you know, one I or agree. two games either. either yeah, way. yeah. I I think, but I agree with that. I think they're about the same player. I, and I love both. And I wish the Suns would have traded up and not drafted Josh Jackson and somehow gotten their hands on Jason Tatum. <laughs> of course, then things would be different. We wouldn't have CP3 right now. You never know how things go. So yeah. You know. I'm happy with the team that won 64. Where is years. that guy now? And it's Josh Jets. I don't know, dude. Like Europe or China or the G League. Oh, I have no idea. Man. No, no, that's not even, dude. He's been in the G League. That's not even, that oh, wasn't dude. even a burn. Like, well, he was recently playing with Detroit. Oh, no, 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 no. He was just playing with the Kings. That's right. He's playing for the oh. Kings. So, like I said, G League. So, yeah, he's in the G League. He's playing for the Kings. <laughs> you ain't wrong, though. I'm just saying. <laughs> It, Free up the Aaron Fox. Well, it's just we need some soccer style relegation. The Kings should go down to the G League and like the Rio Grande Valley Vipers should come up to the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Because like I, I think they do better. Like seriously, dude, like fuck the Kings, man. They're terrible. Oh, man. I really think I really think relegation. People are like, how do we get owners to compete? Relegate their teams to the fucking G League. That'll change everything. You want to. You want to see owners start to spend money? Watch their teams fucking be forced to take the bus to the next G League game, huh? I'm just saying, huh? huh? Might be onto something there. This is might yeah. be onto something there. I think I might be. I think I might be. I've just come across a new way to do things in the NBA, baby. <laughs> Send a letter to Adam Silver. I'm I'm advocating for the Elam the Elam ending, and I'm advocating for fucking G League relegation. And that's how we end the Blood Doctor show. Hey, by throwing you could out even add like a midseason tourney. Get yourself a little like a uh, consolation trophy or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, something to take home to mom. You know, when she's giving you the orange slices, and she's like, "Oh, honey, that's great. You competed." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look how well the the play-in ratings were. So imagine if you have like a a tourney for like the playoff teams in the middle of the season, you know, a one-game knockout. It's magical. If you got to choose your playoff seating, if you won that tournament, I'd be very interested. Or or like, for example, if you got to choose your first-round opponent or something. Like, you know, like, give it something. Because they're like... We'll give it a cash prize of a million dollars. Who fucking cares? I don't give a shit about it. It has to get be something money. along those lines. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be something like you get to choose your first round opponent, or, or you know, a a, a guaranteed playoff spot, or or a guaranteed play in spot, or whatever. Just something. Just something. Yeah. There should. It would have to be something. But I'm all for it. I'm all for anything that adds more games for me to gamble on. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It is always a pleasure when we speak to you. I really appreciate having you on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's the Blood Doctor. Appreciate you having me on here. Know that we will talk soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, Have a good one. You too. And that is the Blood Doctor show. Yet again, let's enjoy this first round. Go, sons. They're going to figure it out. Peace to my man, D-Book. I got your hamstring. Anytime you need it, you can take both of mine. Be good to you and yours in 2022. Love those around you. Take care of your family. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, just make sure that the person or people who are most important to your life know that. Tell them every day. Peace.